Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. It's Dan Mordub here, as always, with a special guest, Amy Summerfield, CEO of Kyria, which is a leadership network to champion and empower and release women into their spheres of influence. And she's also head of development at Skylark International, which is a network of churches, charities and organizations. Lots to discuss there. From 2015 to 2020, Amy was senior pastor of Connect Church in Paisley, Scotland. Um, And Amy's also the co-founder of Pulse Children's and Youth Ministries. She's a regular conference speaker for women's and leadership conferences. And recently married, Amy has moved to live in Hitchin with her husband, Matt, who leads Zao Church. She also enjoys cooking, baking, dog walking, and tea drinking, all very good hobbies. <laughs> when not traveling for ministry, she loves spending time in Derbyshire where she grew up. So welcome, Amy. Thank you very much. Great to be with you, Dan. Yeah, awesome to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what your leadership life looks like. Busy by yeah. looks of it. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I love a good juggle. I wish I could do it actually physically, but uh, metaphorically, definitely. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't have it any other way, Dan. I love that my leadership life is is fun and kingdom and sees me on the road and interacting and mixing with all sorts of different people from all sorts of different spheres of life. Um, as my bio said there, love to be able to relate over a cup of tea um, and quite possibly a cake as well. So yeah, life does look like a bit of a juggle, what with Kyria and also Skylar and my volunteer time at Zio as well, our church. But on a whole, as I said, I wouldn't have it any other way because I just really love the joy of being involved in different things, love the joy of being busy in God's kingdom, really. So it's all good stuff. Amazing. And we want to talk, you know, we want to sort of spend a few minutes just talking about the Kyria Network. And obviously (laughs) we're in the season of looking at women in leadership, which is such an important area of leadership and topic to discuss. So tell us a little bit about the Kyria Network. How did it start, you know, and and, and what's the journey been? Yeah, sure. So Kyria Network was founded about seven years ago. And it came out of a discussion from Bev Morrill, who is my long-term mentor. And she gathered a few of us together about seven years ago that was just saying there is still a gap when it comes to equality and women in leadership. Uh, What do we do about that? How do we champion women? How do we empower women? How do we release women? Which is our mission statement here at Kyria. So a few of us got together and uh, naively we thought it would be a great idea just to put on a couple of conferences. And as great as those conferences were, we really recognised that we were just scratching the surface. And actually women leaders from all spheres of influence actually needed way more than just a one day conference, even though that was encouraging and even though that was inspirational. So that word Kyria comes from 2 John 1, and it's where John is talking to this lady Kyria, and she translates to be a house church leader. And her name there means chosen and elect. 
So of course, by our namesake, what we're wanting to do is call up women from all spheres of influence, whether that be business, whether that be marketplace, whether that be the church, whether that be home life, et cetera, and say that we believe that God has chosen you. We believe that you are called to be elect in whatever sphere of influence God has called you to be. And so, yeah, from that place of doing events only, we've then grown over the last seven years to become our own charity. And our way is to be real. And quite simply, how we live out being career is to recognize and relate with women leaders, just to call them out and call them up, to encounter and equip. And that's all about presence of God being central to what we do here at Career. You know, as busy leading ladies, we recognize that many women come with tanks empty and everything we want to do revolves around the presence of God and then equipping them for the leadership journey. Advising and advocating is a massive part of what we do, making sure that we're on the end of a phone and listening to some leadership scenarios and struggles that many a leader has and advocating on their behalf that sadly there still is a gap when it comes to women's equality. And then finally, to leverage and listen, to just do all that we can, everything that's behind us, uh, to champion women, give them a leg up on the leadership journey and always from that place of listening. And that real is, is our way of how we live out career. Brilliant. Amazing. And how have you kind of seen that evolve over time? You know, you just said you started off with an event and now it seems like it's, you know, it's a whole range of things. And I suppose linked question to that. What's it been like during the pandemic? How have you managed to kind of shift and evolve what you do? Some positives, some challenges. How's that looked in the last year? Hmm. I mean, most of it's been transferable. Like, obviously, some of our events, um, in-person events, of course, had to have changed and been put on pause. But by and large, Kiria was always sending out a monthly resource and a monthly opportunity for people to meet. Our online presence has definitely increased, and that's partly because we've just been in the process of a rebrand. And we really desire for our website to be that go-to porthole for women in leadership. And we want to be able to see that actually this website alone could really resource women with some good FAQs, some opportunities if they're struggling theologically or within the times, et cetera, to just find find an opportunity, find some answers, and more than anything, I guess, find a community. And I guess, Dan, like you, you'll experience that, you know, um, there's been lots of struggle with regards to how we can live out our distinctives within this pandemic. But actually, there's lots of joys as we can recognise that there's a deepening connection, there's a relational first network. And some of our times over channels like Zoom, et cetera, have been really full of encounter and really full of encouragement so all oh, that's good. brilliant now it seems like a good time to say tell us what the website is <laughs> excellent i'm glad you asked <laughs> yeah. so it's www.curiatnetwork.com awesome brilliant and you know there's lots more i'd love to find out about the curia network but i know that's you know that's obviously a big ministry focus but tell us a little bit about um because you're currently head of development at skylark international yeah. So tell us a little bit about Skylark and what, you know, some of the highlights and challenges leading in that area, because you kind of got, you know, a different leadership hat there. Mm, yeah, so Skylark International is a bunch of churches, charities and individuals, which is led by Pete and Nikki Sims. And uh, yeah, for us, going on a journey of leading that network and being part of seeing it evolve. Again, we're a very relational network. So one of our phrases is that we're covenant over contracts. You know, that means we're people over project. 
So I guess some of the challenges in this COVID pandemic time of keeping a relational focus during the pandemic has definitely been challenging, but again, not impossible. And I guess highlights for us, for Pete and Nikki and myself, have been even in the pandemic, seeing new churches, new charities join our network. And Skylark International exists to quite simply connect heaven to earth. And we have three distinctives of rebuilding ruins, building bridges and connecting and creating culture. And I guess another highlight for us would be our leadership huddles where we're drawing all of these leaders from different spheres of influence together in a smaller group um, environment and just encouraging them along in the leadership journey, resourcing them and um, equipping them for that's ahead. So exciting times in both of these ministry areas. I can imagine both of those are, are sort of UK wide. So there's, you know, you, you can be talking to anyone from Scotland in the pre as in your previous role right through to the southwest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. just this weekend we've just commissioned a church in Aberdeen, and so I had my first flight up there since about I don't know 15 months, and wow. it was a joyous occasion to see new life and new churches join our Skylark family. That's fantastic. And is it is it UK based or international? So it is international, although we're predominantly UK based at this moment in time. But we definitely have some people all dotted around in France, also Australia, etc. that are part of our family. Brilliant, I love that. And also you said volunteering at Zio Church as well, which your husband is the pastor, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So as you said at the start of our podcast, um, I got married in February 2020, just before COVID. Wow. So we thank God for the timing of all of that. And that involved a large relocation and a large leadership shift for me, actually, moving from being a senior pastor in Scotland uh, down to down south. And so, yeah, I currently volunteer one day a week of my time. I'm on the leadership team of CEO as well. And um, obviously want to prioritise what I do within CEO, but of course prioritise my roles here in Curio and Skylark as well. Brilliant. Now, I want to just kind of just unpack the whole, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have lots to say about this, but just some of the kind of key areas and key challenges that you see for women in leadership, you know, from the perspective of the ladies that you journey with, your mm -hmm. own experience, what, what would you say are some of the, that, you know, we, we're not here to focus on negatives, but what would be some of those challenges that you see historically and even, even today? Yeah, yeah. And again, not wanting to draw too much on the negative there, but sadly, obviously, an ongoing challenge is still kind of misogyny and sexist behaviour. And I'd probably say, Dan, sometimes it just comes across in the small and subtle as well. So maybe jokes, gender stereotypes, etc. But the wider challenges are within things like representation and education. I guess just being quite focused on looking at our own bias and actually making sure that in every leadership environment and in church environment, we can see the body of Christ flourish. You know, at the end of the day, equality massively affects every area of our life, doesn't it? It affects our social, economic, right. kingdom world. So I truly believe that when women are not championed to be all that God has created them to be, we see massive implications on the body of Christ as a result. We see massive implications economically, socially, etc. So I'd say the challenges of education is certainly an ongoing challenge. No, absolutely. How has that looked in your own sort of ministry journey and, 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 and calling? Because as you mentioned previously, you, know, you were the lead pastor, senior pastor of a church in Scotland mm. as a female, as a lady, you know, 
did any of those areas you mentioned become applicable to you or did you face other challenges within yourself? Yeah, yeah, I can answer to both of those, Dan. I mean, sadly, um, all of those things have happened to me and right. sadly they still do happen every now and again. I've definitely experienced my fair share of misogyny and inappropriate behaviour, etc. And learning how to stay graceful in that is actually really important. But of course, actually learning how to rightfully challenge it as well is too. I've got some fun stories, particularly about my time in Scotland, about my own local church really receiving me with joy. Um, but many people outside of the church are kind of struggling to understand me. And uh, I was single at the time and the classic line, and if I was given a pound for every time I was asked it, um, I'd be very rich. They used to say, oh, so do you leave the church? And then they'd pause and they'd go, with your husband <laughs> and then I'd say oh no actually I'm a single pastor and the kind of raised eyebrow look across people's faces as they try to process what they heard wow. and two kind of strikes for them you know a woman in leadership which is still um, a challenge sadly for the church and um, by some denominations and then the second strike of can you actually really do this without a man by your side so yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say that I've experienced some of those challenges along the way, but kind of pulling it aside from that kind of gender focus for a while, I just think every leader has challenges, don't they, Dan? And I, I think for me, I would definitely say I've done a fair share of fight with regards to the whole impo imposter syndrome. You know, as I was growing up, I wasn't academic. Uh, I've got quite strong dyslexia, really struggled all the way through school. And as a result, I don't have a degree and hardly have any GCSEs to my name at all. So I've had to work really hard with regards to stuff like comparison and making sure that I don't fall into its trap, making sure I don't fall into a trap of imposter syndrome because all of these things along my trajectory of, oh, first time pastor, I'm single as well, working in a different nation, no qualifications, etc. Wow. Things that I've had to be really careful to make sure that they're not over me. And I guess more than anything, walking in my own identity and walking in God's identity for me has been a challenge that I've learned to overcome for sure. Wow, that's really powerful. No, thanks for sharing that. And and I think, you know, moving that conversation on to both in terms of your experience and, and, and the ministries that you lead now, what are some of the kind of, or have you seen, should I ask firstly, sort of changes in attitudes and opportunities? You know, both, I think both go hand in hand. Have you seen change in attitudes and opportunities for women in leadership? Mm. I don't think it's all a bad story. It's so exciting at this moment in time, but one of the things that I really see that's happening is more male um, allyship. You know, I just think on our board alone, our council of reference, we're surrounded by a great capacity of, of male influences who are standing on our behalf. You know, I only have to think about people like Steve Holmes, Malcolm Duncan, Andy Glover, Pete Sims, who's part of Skylark, um, Alan McWilliam, who's in Scotland, Simon Barrington, my own husband, just to name a few. There are so many male leaders that are really starting to kind of rise up. And, you know, our desire is that we would see that creation mandate fully come to to life once again of men and women leading well alongside each other so i definitely think some of the attitudes and opportunities that have changed around male allyship is one thing and secondly i'd probably say done that whole kind of commitment to collaborate i mean i can think in the past where 
you know, so many women have had sadly had to really fight for their position and as a result, maybe cut across each other or created behaviours and attitudes that just don't do us or, or Jesus any good. But, but right now I see and sense, and we especially see and sense in Kyria, that commitment to collaborate, that commitment to champion each other is probably stronger now than it's ever been before. And particularly coming out of the pandemic of pulling forces saying, how can we, how can we champion you? How can we be with you? Like what's mine is yours, Brilliant. that kind of thing. And because Kyria is interdenominational as well, just that lending of ourselves really across all different denominations of saying, how can we draw forces? So, I definitely say um, the future looks exciting with things like that, doesn't it? It really does. And, I, and I, it's really great to hear you share that because I think that's becoming more and more of a of a common theme, that sense of wanting to collaborate and connect. And I think, you know, the pandemic's levelled everything. as it, it's, it's almost a level playing field now where the walls of our church yeah. ministries or businesses have come down and we're humans talking to humans, you know, under wow. the Lordship of Jesus. And I think that that's a really powerful place to build from and to rebuild from. And I really believe that is part of the, I don't like this phrase, but the new normal that we're coming into. Yeah is being able to collaborate and connect and honor each other and actually spur each other on, you know, for that greater good. So yeah. up here and now within the network, that's really brilliant. And so I just want to kind of just drill down into sort of some of your personal leadership side. Now mm -hmm. you probably feel like you shared enough personal stuff, but no, no, I'm not <laughs> I've got a couple more questions. Uh, you know, what are sort of, you know, some of those leadership keys and those principles, those things in your life that you've, that you've held on to and carried through your life and all the ups and downs and highs and lows? What have been some of those principles that you've held on to? Mm. Um, I can think of three really that I feel like are very close to home for me and I've always got radar for. Um, just a phrase that quite often I use is uh, to be led before leading. And so what does it look like for okay. us, for those of us that are in leadership positions to make sure that actually our own accountability, our own transparency structures are well and truly bedded and foundationally in place? You know, who are we to lead if we too aren't being a follower as well? And ultimately, of course, that's to Christ, but to other people around us that can inspire us, that we can look up to in the leadership race. So I'd definitely say led before leading. Yeah. And it, out of the overflow of that, I think definitely comes in, you know, that verse in Psalms where it talks about how David shepherded his people with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. And I think for me, the balance of those things has always been a good leadership principle. I can think of times down where I've really fallen guilty of focusing more on the skillful hands part rather than the integrity of heart. But, you know, we, do, we need both for the leadership race, don't we? We need to make sure that actually ongoingly we've got a commitment and we've got behaviours that are put in place that make sure that we have good integrity of heart. And at the same time, we're always developing our competence, always developing our skill as a leader. But if we shy too much on one or the other, I think we fall short of God's best for us. So I, I hold that Bible verse to heart for sure about the balance and then um, I guess one more principle if I've got time to share. And uh, I was actually just talking about this recently at Kyria on a blog, so you can go and check it out. Um, it's the principle of growing rather than going. And um, I guess you can understand where I'm kind of leaning to with that really. But again, I can definitely think of times where I've fallen guilty of doing the going thing yeah. rather than the growing thing. And 
ultimately as leaders our identity precedes our function doesn't it and we need to be people over project and how this came about is the lord gave me a picture and i saw that there was a word grow before me and as i focused on that picture i felt that god was saying you know yeah be a growing leader and um, as I watched that word grow, it, all of a sudden the R and the W disappeared before my eyes and it just left this word go. Oh. So when I said to God, oh, what does this picture mean? I felt like God said, the R and the W represent relationships and worship. So the R stands for relationship, the W stands for worship. And quite simply, I felt God's really deep challenge, Dan, to say to me, I don't want you to be a going leader. I want you to be a growing leader who holds the principle of relationship and worship so tightly that then they would be the hallmarks of your leadership for life. And that has always stuck wow. with me about what it looks like to say that my time with people, that everyone knows they've had a good time with me because I'm relationship first. And ultimately my time with God is rich and deep. So that I'm, I'm falling into a purpose of being a growing leader rather than a going leader and you know i'm a lifelong learner at the end of the day listen i still fall into the trap of going every now and again um you know i, I just love activity i love high function but i have i've learned to have a bit more of a radar now for what it looks like to be growing above going so that's i say those exactly. things wow that's amazing that picture is absolutely incredible now, when you were sharing i was thinking that there's a book in there there's, <laughs> there's a whole series there and i know it's not about that but that was really yeah. profound and one well, you'll, you'll have to write it done because i can't spell for toffee <laughs> <laughs> okay good point we're working it together uh, <laughs> but no that was amazing that was really cool do you know what I think that's some of the best answers I've ever heard on the podcast. Oh, I'll Not, give you five later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want that cup of tea and that cake later. <laughs> yeah, no, that was brilliant. That was absolutely excellent. And I suppose, you know, you kind of, you said you're a lifelong learner. And again, I love that because I think sometimes we can, we can fall into the trap of, you know, I know it all. I know my way. I know what I think. I know how I do things. I love that. But over the journey then, what are some of the leaders that you've kind of looked up to or some of those leaders that you've learned from? you know, dead or alive, you, people you know, don't know. Just, yeah, just where do you sit with that? Yeah, so many. Some incredible women of influence and some incredible men of influence as well that I've really looked up to as well. Bev Morrill, I alluded to her before, she's Curious founder. She's been my long-term mentor as well. She's definitely someone who I look up to in the leadership race. Uh, Amanda Jackson, who is our chair over at Curious Network. She works for the World Evangelical Alliance. Um, she's a phenomenal woman and she holds such grace. And I think um, sometimes it's good to be with leaders that are different to you as well isn't it that can just Absolutely. help kind of call out the gold in you but also every now and again challenge something in in an opposite way which isn't isn't a bad thing at all historically i've always been really um i guess inspired by florence nightingale and her story about how much she always went against the flow. I mean, obviously, in that kind of Victorian era, mm. you know, there was this huge expectation to be married, bear children, spend your time socialising and being a domestic goddess, etc. But literally, she so went against the flow of everything that a woman was intended to do in her time to pursue this desire of nursing and you know her story about what she then went to do through war petitioning and campaigning and advocating really put her in that kind of hallmark of 
of fame really for being one of the first um, feminists and and people that just went against it so so probably many more but definitely some of those leaders i found to be That's brilliant and have you got anything you know sort of being in that sort of lockdown period you know it can be quite sometimes it can be dry but have you found anything that's inspiring you recently any books any films any music yeah a, a few things um so we do book clubs in korea right and, uh, we so we had uh, 42 women that just recently um read and studied together equal by katia adams which is a really great book if you're wanting to grapple with um equality with women so that's really good but um another one um by james glasses atomic habits it's yeah. it's a fabulous book and it's basically the principle of, of habit stacking habit building etc and um that actually within all of us if we can start to build healthy and good habits then that obviously cultivates healthy and good routines etc so yeah a few of those things have been good brilliant brilliant did you, did you pick up any lockdown hobbies <laughs> Do you know, I attempted the couch to 5k and we'll just leave it there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried and, and did you get off the couch? Actually, I did. There so we go, there we go. That's I won. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. That's brilliant. <laughs> and just kind of coming to land now and, you know, you're still, you know, you've had an incredible amount of experience, but you've still got an incredible journey to go. But kind of looking back at your sort of life and leadership journey so far, What's kind of that that one piece of advice you'd give your younger self? Mm, I love this question, and I was thinking about it, and because uh, I love a I love a bit of alliteration, Dan. I'm going to answer right. with three C's. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> Great. So yeah, if I could give my younger self a piece of advice, I'd say these three C's. I'd say lead from a place of creativity, lead from a place of congregation, and then lead from a place of community. And just unpacking that shortly, creativity is quite simply me being free and released to lead from my own unique, different self. You know, along the leadership journey, particularly because of my dyslexia, I've had to learn to be released from that kind of thing of conforming and thinking, well, I can't blog that way, I can't write that way, I can't speak that way, etc. And then recognizing that actually it's not an offense when people say to me, oh, Amy, I love it when you preach and lead because what you say is so simplistic, it's so easy to understand. And you know, Dan, in my younger years, I'd then think, well, right. that just translates to crap, that translates mm -hmm. to not deep, it translates to not inspired enough. But actually along the way, learning how to lead from a place of creativity, recognizing my own identity has been freeing. And then secondly, leading from a place of congregation, you know, we're called to do it together, aren't we? Like, it's not all about me and the whole thing and the whole heartbeat behind me is that I exist to see others rise up. So who's around me? Who's beside me? Who could I cheer on in the leadership race? And, and how can we go on a kingdom journey together? Like recognizing that it's not all on me. I can be released to see Kyria, Skylark, Sierra, et cetera, flourish with other brilliant men and women beside me and around me. And then, yeah, finally leading from community, I'd say if I could speak to my younger self, I'd say take time to stop look observe and not presume like i can think of many a times right. where my enthusiasm got the better of me and i'd say these classic words of i've been thinking or and i'd come up with this idea and as as good as the idea might have been or as, as lovely as god's grace might have been to help it pay off 
I sometimes think of it as taking time to lead from a place of community. What's happening? What's been the history of where I've served? What's been some of the dynamics that have happened within that community, etc.? How can I audit? How can I listen? How can I pay attention to people's stories? Then maybe some of my enthusiasm would have been kind of a bit more tempered with an understanding of, of who's around. So yeah, if I could speak to my younger self, wow. I'd say lead from creativity. I'd say lead from congregation. And then finally, I'd say lead from community. That's brilliant. You, you would have had a very wise younger self. What do you reckon? <laughs> the younger self would have been like, would have been flying. Now that's amazing. Like, for that, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. A really thorough answer. I love that. That's brilliant. Amy, I think we could talk about all sorts of things all day, but I've grilled you enough. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, may you be blessed in everything you're doing and building for the kingdom. Amen. Thanks so much, Dan. And thanks for having me on today. We're cheering you guys on at Wonderful Leaders as well. And just can't wait to see what God continues to do in and through you guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.